the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a series of messages called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life, on the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, groundedandgrowingradio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31? I, um, I adapted today's sermon from a sermon of a similar name by one of my closest friends, Chris Spano. He preached it on December 31, 2017. I thought his approach to the text was great. And so I have adapted mine from his sermon, in part because Proverbs 31 is a hard text to be able to preach on. Let's listen to what it is that the text says, and let's give our attention to God's word. Proverbs chapter 31, I'm going to read the whole text. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. An excellent wife, who can find? She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands to the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor. And reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. 
Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done exceedingly, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. I've titled this sermon, Excellent Kings and Excellent Wives. We have been making our way through the book of Proverbs, and we come today to the final chapter of the book of Proverbs. Today, we come to the end, and one of the things that you and I should take note of is this. Whereas the majority of the book up to this point was written by Solomon and written as a form of instruction to his son, here we have a different author. This section is written by King Lemuel, and we don't know who that king is. It's him relating to us an oracle that his mother taught him. And so our teacher today is a wise and faithful mom. A mom who in this case is also a queen. She's the queen mother. And here's a word as we're beginning to some of the young men who are here today. Some of our high school guys, maybe middle school guys, college or career age single guys you can listen in to everybody else, but I want to speak specifically to these young men. You might not want to hear this, but in all likelihood, the person who has the most wisdom for you when it comes to women is your mom. And so listen to her. Lemuel obviously did. He internalized the message that his mom gave to him to such an extent that he was able to repeat it in total. And that's what we have as Proverbs 31. Lemuel internalizing the message that his mother gave to him and then he gives to us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But Lemuel doesn't just tell us about excellent wives, excellent wives in this section of scripture. His mom is also giving us words about what makes an excellent king. The queen mother is obviously concerned about the behavior of her son, Lemuel. And so she has a word of wisdom to bring his conduct back into alignment with what the fear of the Lord would dictate. And she lets her son know. And she lets us all know today what excellent kings and what excellent wives have in common. Both excellent kings and excellent wives live righteous lives for the sake of others. Both excellent kings and excellent wives live righteous lives for the sake of others. Two points this morning. First, excellent kings, verses 1 through 9, and then excellent wives, verses 10 through 31. Let's start with excellent kings. The reason that Lemuel's mother needs to speak to him about being an excellent king is that at the time when she spoke her oracle to him, it seems as though he was not living as an excellent king should. The repetition that exists for us in verse 2 highlights this. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's repeated three times. Probably words that many a mother has wanted to say to her own son. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And each time, she has a different way of describing her son. First, she says, my son. Second, she says, son of my womb. Third, she says, son of my vows. The threefold repetition of her concern shows us that Lemuel's mother 
is really worried about her son. There's a unique connection that develops between mom and son. And if the son is out there playing the fool, wasting his life on women or on wine, there's one person who most of all will be home worrying about him, the mom. And while foolish young men run around like idiots, God-fearing, wise moms will sometimes lose sleep and plead with the Lord to draw their sons back and sometimes have the opportunity to speak to their son. And sometimes when that opportunity presents itself, sons might roll their eyes because they feel like their moms are over the top, repeating the same thing over and over again. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? But if you are a son who's playing the fool right now, I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, I want to plead with you to listen to your mom. The pain that you're bringing upon yourself likely doesn't compare with the worry that you're bringing to your mother. And moms, if you're in this sort of situation, note the redemption that's present here in this particular text. Lemuel is the one who writes this down. Lemuel, who was the one at one point living such a wayward life that his mom has to approach him with deep concern, he's the one that ultimately internalizes the oracle from his mother to such an extent that he is able to write it down. He is able to repeat it verbatim. He's heeded her words to realize that they need to be followed. And so moms, don't stop praying. Don't stop looking for an opportunity to speak an oracle to your own son in season. Don't consign yourself to believing that God cannot heal, God cannot restore. Lemuel's mom warns of two separate but related sins then in this particular passage. In verses 3 through 7, she warns about sexual immorality and she warns about drunkenness. These two are often the fiercest temptations for young men, and the wise queen mother knows it, and she's likely seeing it in the life of her own son. There's nothing new under the sun. From ancient days until right now, men will be tempted to misuse God's gift of sex. As one commentator right here puts it, uh, women are defined, the ones that she's, being, she's warning him against, women are defined as those that destroy a reference to sex outside of marriage in the way that God intends. One man, one woman, covenantal union. Gratification of that lust for the king distracts his attention from serving the people. It blunts his wit. It undermines his good judgment. It exposes him to palace intrigues, and it squanders the national wealth better spent to promote the national good. It's such a powerful force Sex is that when it's removed from its God-ordained context at any time and in any age, it brings destruction to individuals, to families, to communities, even to nations. And the same advice that's recorded here from Lemuel's mother to Lemuel, her son, goes to all of us today, especially men in leadership positions and especially men who lead God's people. And that's why scripture requires elders to be, according to 1 Timothy 3 verse 2, above reproach, the husband of one wife. Sexual immorality brings all manner of destruction. And so Lemuel's mother, seeing it, pleads with her son not to so do. Draw your attention back. She also pleads with him not to get drunk. Verses four and six and seven. Let me read those for us. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to taste strong drink. Give strong drink to the one who's perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Doesn't mean 
that Lemuel should literally encourage his friends in low places, that the whiskey drowns and the beer chases blues away, as one of our sages would put it today. What Lemuel is doing is, his mother is sarcastically suggesting that that drunkenness is useless. It makes problems. It solves none. And you probably know, you probably recognize, if you've lived long enough, you've probably seen that drunkenness and sexual sin frequently go together. Drunkenness is often what stimulates sexual sin. Sometimes it's used an excuse. Ah, it was only a kiss and I was drunk. Of course, the response is, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be so much more comforted knowing that you committed two sins, not just one. Both are sins of self-indulgence. They both demonstrate a lack of self-control, so we shouldn't be surprised when God's word tells us that elders must be sober-minded and self-controlled and not a drunkard in 1 Timothy 3, 2 and 3. The great reason that kings and other leaders should not be drunkards is the same, that self-indulgence and lack of self-control destroys the people that they are called to serve. Verse 5 says this, lest they drink and forget what's been decreed and pervert the rights of the afflicted. The vulnerable are the ones that rely on leaders and need them for protection. They need leaders who will focus on that which is right, not on frivolous self-indulgence. And that's why it's so wrong for kings to engage in sexual immorality or in drunkenness because it means that they forget about those who are most vulnerable in society. Again, reminding us that these manner of sins destroy individuals and then communities and then nations. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukemai. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook, Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now more from Pastor Derek in our series called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life. On the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. The mark of an excellent king is one who is able to reject sinful indiscretion, live in wisdom and righteousness, and do it all not for his own sake, but for the sake of especially the most vulnerable those who cannot protect themselves. Excellent kings live righteous lives, not for their own sake, but for the sake of the people that they're supposed to protect and serve. And it makes sense that his mother would turn from talking about his own responsibility to talking about the sort of woman that he should be giving his attention to. Stop spending time using all of this in ways that God has not intended and start finding the sort of woman that would be an excellent wife, says Lemuel's mother to him. It takes us to the second group of people that need to deny themselves for the sake of others, excellent wives. Now, to be sure, husbands must do the same thing. Ephesians 5 verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands are called to a self-giving, self-sacrificial love for the sake of their wives. And I'm not neglecting you, husbands, as I talk about wives in this section of scripture. It's just that Lemuel's mother is talking specifically about women. 
And so that's going to be taking up the majority of the rest of our time together today. It makes sense that she would want to instruct her son about the sort of woman he'll be marrying. The person that you marry sets the trajectory of your whole life. You will literally have to live with the consequences of your decision of who you marry. This can be excellent or it can be exceedingly challenging. My great-great-grandmother, generations now with the Lord, told her granddaughter, don't marry for looks. I'll say it like my great-great-grandmother. Well, don't marry for looks. I did that, and I live with the consequences every day. (laughs) That has become quite the story in our family. Don't marry for looks, like great-great-great-grandma did. (laughs) Up to this point in the Proverbs... Up to Proverbs 31, we've seen all manner of reasons why why a, a husband or a wife can be an excellent ally or a huge liability. Proverbs 21 verse 9 says, It's better to live in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. And Proverbs 27 verses 15 and 16 say, A continued dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or grasp oil in one's right hand. But in contrast, Proverbs 12 verse 4 says that an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, the thing that he most prizes, and something that demonstrates his great standing among all who would look at him. So Lemuel's mother points, uh, paints a picture of an excellent wife. The excellent wife is an embodiment of Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom who we have met again and again and again in Proverbs chapter 1 through Proverbs chapter 9. It's the kind of woman that every young man should seek to marry. It's the kind of wife who every woman should aspire to be. It's the sort of wife that should be honored and esteemed within families, within churches, within communities. It's the sort of wife who is perfect. And so there are two things that I want to say as we take a look at the nature and the work of this wise, good, godly, excellent wife. The first is that this is an image of perfection. It should remind us that if we take a look at this and realize that we don't live up to it, we can't. This literally is perfection. You and I cannot live up to this. And so don't be discouraged if you find that you are not the sort of wife or woman or person described here in Proverbs 31. At the same time, it'd be wrong of us to be like, hey, I can't do this, and so I'm not going to try. It does paint a picture for us that we should desire and delight in. A lot of times we can fall into this trap. We take a look at the biblical ideal and we think, well, I fall short of that all the time, so I'm not going to try. You're right in the first part. You and I fall short of the glory of God all the time. That's what Romans chapter 3 says. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's a reminder to us that we need to run to the Lord Jesus Christ and be redeemed by his blood shed on the cross to realize that his resurrection is for us. And then having done that, to strive and endeavor day after day, more and more as God gives us the grace by the Holy Spirit to live into what he calls us. You and I fall short. Jesus saves. Let's press on to what God calls us to do. In the Hebrew that is located here in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, we have an acrostic poem. Each one of the verses that are contained here begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet, a masterful work, starting with Aleph, ending with the very last word of the Hebrew alphabet, 
It's poetic and beautiful. It's one of those things that we miss in the English, but we can realize and recognize that not only is there a lot of wisdom here, it also is an incredibly refined poem. It starts by relaying the deeds of an excellent wife in verses 11 through 27. In our culture, a lot of men value physical beauty in a woman, and there's nothing inherently wrong with this. If you want proof of that, you can read Proverbs chapter 5 or all of Song of Solomon when you get home. And yet, Scripture regularly downplays the importance of physical beauty in a partner, just like my great-great-great-grandmother. For example, 1 Peter 3 verse 4 says, Let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And 1 Timothy 2 verse 9 and 10 say, Women should adorn themselves in a respectable apparel with modesty and self-control with what's proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Lemuel's mother begins by explaining the good works of an excellent wife and how they bless her husband. She says in verse 11 and 12, the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not harm, all the days of his life. This is perhaps the most remarkable statement in all of Proverbs 31. Bruce Walkey, who's a biblical commentator, says this, outside of this text and one other in all of the Bible, scripture condemns trust in anyone or anything apart from God. So why are husbands encouraged to put their trust in excellent wives? Well, by way of analogy, an excellent wife is a helper or a necessary ally to her husband as God is a helper or a necessary ally to us, his people. No wonder an excellent wife is so invaluable. Now that Lemuel's mother has explained the good works of an excellent wife and how they bless her husband, she goes on to describe these works in detail. She works very hard to make the most of her God-given time and talents and treasure. And in verses 13 to 19, these are relayed for us in great detail. The summary of it is this. She beats the sun out of bed. She weaves the raw materials of wood and flax into fine cloth, some of which she keeps and some of which she sells. She uses those profits to buy food. She reinvests the rest to plant and cultivate a profitable vineyard. Her hard work pays dividends, even while she sleeps. She engages in the home and in commercial society. So why... Why? Why is this so wonderful? Well, because not just is she a pioneer of industry, not only is she able to expand the net worth of the home, but because she lives to serve others. Whether or not her work extends outside of the home, her priority and her goal is to manage those that she cares for well. Not only her children, but also the vulnerable people within her sphere. As Lemuel's mother says, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. Another way that an excellent wife is similar to the excellent king. Because of her hard work in verses 15 and 21, she provides food for her household and portions for her maiden. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet wool. 
Yet she also enjoys the benefits of all of her work and labors. She makes bed coverings for herself, says verse 22. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. This isn't ostentatious clothing, but it's fittingly the clothes of a noble woman. Finally, her selfless service within the household empowers her husband to serve many other people beyond their household. Verse 23. Her husband is known at the gates when he sits among the elders of the land, something he'd never be able to do if his home life were a liability rather than a benefit. And so there's a lot of truth to the old saying that behind every great man, there's an even greater woman. Yet the excellent wife's mark on the world might not turn out to be as public as her husband, but it's no less powerful or important. And all of this takes us to the very end of the passage which should lead us to ask, what should you do if you are married to such a woman? What should you do if you see such a woman? Perhaps she's your own mother. Perhaps she is your sister. Perhaps she is your wife. Well, recognize that what's working out in the course of this household or home is that this is the sort of person who is reflecting the life of the Lord Jesus. For both excellent kings and excellent wives, the kind of self-giving service that characterizes your sphere of influence and work comes by being joined to the risen Christ Jesus. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, Visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook, Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, may God bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.